Well, I'm really jacked <laughs> about sharing this message today because Papa God just preached it through our worship. And it's going to get reinforced by my proclamation of the Word of God. And I'm sobered by the presence of God today in our house as we've made a declaration of His praise and His glory. And I've been very emotional all during worship because of how good He is and how amazing our God is. And over the last several weeks, I know I haven't preached for two weeks, and we've had some other things, and we've had a guest speaker, and, and uh, all that was all part of what God is doing and building something in our hearts and bringing something to us as a people. And uh, I've been on a um, series, Mike Brown started it about living holy, and then Tom and even Eric Morgan shared on the fear of the Lord, which was tied to us living holy, because, you know, really over the last year, we have um, really been talking about our mission statement and who we are as a people and who we're becoming. And sometimes uh, you have to declare who you are before you become it, because you have to speak it forth. You have to declare who we are, because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy who you really are. And so we've been declaring for over a year now our mission statement of how we're raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation who love deeply, who speak truthfully, who serve sacrificially. And we've been landing on this about living holy. And so over the last several weeks, I'm going to recap just a little bit, but I don't want us to... It's not Eric Haler speaking today. It's not anybody else Really, the Lord is speaking to us, and I, and I pray you receive this with the weightiness that God has intended it, uh, because he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, right? And uh, I just happen to be one of those foolish things that he uses. <laughs> and so over the last, uh, today's going to be part four of its time, and, and you know, I've used a lot of things over the PowerPoint of, of living holy and, and how it's time to live holy, and that that. We've been talking about this, this thing of it's time, it's time, it's time. And there's been a resonation, I know, in your own hearts. I've heard from many of you how you know that, that this, this, this message is stirring your hearts. And I'm just going to briefly talk about the last three messages I've had because it's been a couple weeks since I've shared. And I'm going to just kind of hit some of the highlights of what I've shared so far. Because really, to be honest with you, I was going to go in a different direction this week. And the Lord said, no, we need to marinate on that truth just a little longer to get something to my people and to your heart. And even this morning, he has done that um, in helping us. But the first week I talked about it's, it's ready, it's time. And I, I used the scripture out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. There is an appointed time for everything. I was joking with my son, Joel, not too long ago, and I said, you know, buddy, you're just in a different season. You're not in a spending money season. <laughs> you're not in a getting married season. 
you're not in, you know, and we can talk about every season of our lives. But there is an appointed time under heaven for everything. And the Lord prophesied over this church that we were a church and that this was a decision-making season. That we were in a season where God said, get ready, get ready, get ready. That we, as the people of God, are going to become a church that is mighty and powerful as we, the individuals of the church, become powerful and mighty and obey the word of the Lord on our lives. And so I talked about that first week. It's time, it's time, it's time. It's time to obey the Lord. It's time to get some things out of our lives. And so that first week, I really tried to to bring something to where the Holy Spirit took us to a place of identifying what was that one area of our lives. But God was saying, it's time. And then the second time I preached, I challenged your will. And I talked and I preached out of uh, Matthew 6. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I asked you, do you really want the will of God? Or do you prefer your will over God's will? And I brought us again to another decision to where we are face to face, where we are having to say yes to the Lord. Or we are having to say, no, I don't want the will. And I shared the journey of going out and going by White Castles and White Castles was just wanting those French fries. (laughs) And I used humor to kind of lighten the mood maybe a bit, but I was really serious about, wow, Eric, you really in the past, you have not wanted my will. You've not wanted to eat healthy. You've not wanted to lose weight. You've not wanted my will, Eric. And I used the example of my own life. I challenged us all to say, do we really want your kingdom come? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I don't know how you answered that question. But ultimately, I'm leading us systematically through by the Spirit of God to what God is doing in order to, to get us as a people who live holy. We're on a journey. And some of those decisions I'm asking you, some of those questions I'm asking you, it's imperative that you answer that question and that you do something about it. And that I do something about it. And instead of turning into white castles, that I say, oh no, God, I want your will over my will. I will turn left, not right. (laughs) I will go not the path of least resistance, not what my flesh wants. I want your will. And I I was faced and convicted by God to do his will. And I've made mistakes, and I've won victories. And all of you have as well. And then week three, I said, if you're going to bring down your giant, you have got to quit looking at the size of your giant, and you've got to start looking at the size of your God. And I challenge us all to begin to make God larger, to make God bigger, And that's what we did today in praise and in worship. We began to make God bigger. And some of the, couple of the scriptures I'm going to have Chad put up on in making God bigger, what I began to do, if we could show Romans chapter 1, verse 20, 
in Psalms 8, 3 through 4. These are going to be important passages as I go into today. But in Romans 1, 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what He, God, has made so that people are without excuse. And so we see through this passage that through what God has created, his workmanship, the stars, the sun, the moon, everything he has created declares his glory. Can I have an amen on, amen on that? And then Psalms 8, 3 through 4. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, God, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. And so last, the last time I preached, I began to show you pictures of the glory of God. I began to paint through creation because we are without excuse when we look and we gaze upon what God has made. And I began to show you pictures of the universe, enlarging our view of Almighty God. Do you guys remember that? Some of you do. Great. Oh, God help us. And you know, I didn't get done focusing on the size of our God that week. And he is amazing. And today what I want to do is I want to continue on this journey of making God larger in your minds and in your heart. That I believe there is a power and presence of God that has already been here through worship and has been established as a foundation for the power of God to come over us and in us and through us. And I believe that there are going to be people healed. I believe there's going to be things happen as a preaching of the word. I believe God is going to show up in his glory and the manifestation of who he is. As we get a picture and we begin to enlarge him. Because my friends, we have made God way too small. We have made God like us rather than us like him. We have made him human and he is superhuman. He is supernatural. And we've made him like us. Well, I promise you, God was not made in your image. You were made in his. <laughs> oh, so we're going to talk today a little bit about the never-ending sermon. You guys want to know what the never-ending sermon is? The never-ending sermon. The sermon without words. The never-ending sermon of God's creation. Of God's handiwork. I don't know about you, but do you know what time of the morning the birds begin to declare his praise? About 4.45. As you're out there. And it changes based upon daylight. But the other morning, last Saturday, I awoke about 4 in the morning and I could not sleep any longer. So I, walk, I went to Baker Park and I began to walk around Baker Park began to do my exercise early in the morning, and I was just beginning to declare the glory of God. And all of a sudden, the trees woke up, and the wind was blowing through the trees. And I was like, wow, you're amazing. 
as I heard the, the trees clapping their hands. And then about a half hour later as I was walking, then all of a sudden the birds start waking up. Have <laughs> 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 you ever noticed I worship the Lord with whistling up here sometimes? And the birds began to declare their voices. <laughs> and I was just so jacked up. <laughs> and so if you would show Psalms 19, 1 through 4. And I really want you guys to get this in your hearts today. I believe the Spirit of God is here to do something in us. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth a sermon without speech. Night after night, the sky displays our God's knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice, creation, the stars, the moon, Everything God has created, their speech, their voice goes on into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pinched, pitched a tent for the sun. He's given a tent for the sun. Last week I showed, or a couple weeks ago, I showed you this picture. Just look at it for a moment. Look at this picture of the galaxy. Can we advance that if you don't mind? Just look at it. Ponder that for just a moment. And you're in the middle of it. You, oh little insignificant man, why is God mindful of you? We're going to keep that up for a few minutes as I begin to get really jacked up. As we ponder for a moment the boundless expanse of the universe. The size of the planets and the stars that in Psalms 8.3 says that God arranged the stars of the heavens with his fingertips. Can you see the finger of God just... Today, would you let me enlarge God in our hearts? Would you go on a journey with me? I've got some stuff here that the Lord's put in my heart that is, if you allow the Spirit of God to breathe on it, it will give you the power to bring down your giants. It will give you the power to break off pornography. It'll give you the power to break off depression. It'll give you the power to break ever whatever strongholds in your life.
It'll give you the power to lose weight. It'll give you the power to overcome. It'll give you the power to live holy before your God. Because I promise you, you will never overcome your flesh with your flesh. It is a supernatural, from a supernatural God. You will work hard getting holy, and you will drive yourself nuts, and you will be exhausted if you try to do it in your own strength. So if you'll go with me on a journey, if we're going to overcome sin and walk in holiness as a people, the size of God must enlarge in our minds, and, and the fear of the Lord must be cultivated in the garden of our heart. Did you hear me? If we're going to overcome sin and walk in holiness as a people, the size of God must be enlarged in your mind, and the fear of the Lord must be cultivated in the garden of your heart. We have made God way too small in our minds, and we have made him like us, as I said earlier. And if you'll follow me on this journey today of making God bigger, making God more amazing, making God full of wonder and God full of power. <laughs> so we, the people of God, can move toward fearing and honoring him for who he really is. And it will bring us to living holy. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. amen. And God has already been doing that to us today. And so again, the scripture says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. The psalmist says it makes him wonder. The psalmist said it makes him ponder. The psalmist said it amazes me. And so we're going to get amazed. I've got some questions for you today. As we ponder the universe, we are going to talk about some of this. And this is going to stay up because I'm going to use it in this so the facts i want to talk about a few facts are you guys with me you guys like facts well let these facts blow your socks off let them sink your sub let them do whatever it does but let a revelation come and so father right now i just pray that you would use these facts to bring revelation who you are and the size of our God to us in our hearts today, in Jesus' name. I come against every attempt of the enemy to lie right now and say God is not like that. And we say, shut up in the name of Jesus. Shut up. Voices be silenced in people's minds today, in Jesus' name. So let's talk about our uniform verse for just a moment. What is the closest star to Earth? The sun. The sun is the closest star to this planet that we call home. And how far, and, and, and God says in Psalms that he literally made the stars and the constellations with his fingers. And do you know what the next closest star is? Joey says, nope, don't know. How close, Joey, do you think that next star might be to where you're sitting on row three, seat two, with awesome summer chase right beside you? Just how far would you suspect 
now that I've really point pinpointed you and you're turning red. Our next neighbor to the sun is the third brightest star, and it just happens to be 4.3 million, or no, excuse me, 4.3 light years away. So what does that mean? What is a light year? Light year to me is to infinity and beyond. Buzz Lightyear. My kids grew up on that. That shows my age. What is a light year? A light year. Light travels. You ready for this? I think I've got it up on the screen. Light travels at 186,282 miles per second. Not per mile. So light that you see on those stars or the sun, light coming to you, when I turn the light switch on, it travels at 670 million miles per hour. Light does. So when I say that the nearest star to our sun is 4.3 light years away, it means it takes 4.3 years for that light to travel from that farthest star to us. That'll blow your brain out. <laughs> Try to put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> and our jumbo jet travels about 500 miles per hour. And light is traveling 670 million miles per hour. So, I've got a question for you. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, if our sun is 93 million miles away, if our sun's 93 million miles from you, where you're standing, sitting, in a jet, how long do you think it would take you to get to the sun? <laughs> 21 years. In a jumbo jet. And Tom was complaining about going to Greece and it taking 12 hours in a flight. <laughs> to travel to the sun today, it would take you 21 years, Kurt, to get there in a jumbo jet. 21 years. In a car, it would take you 200. Well, it depends if Joel's driving or Abe's driving. Joel, he'd get there a little quicker than Abe. Rebecca, she may never get there. <laughs> because she's a safe driver, right? But she would need a GPS. Because she wouldn't trust the, that that sun is where she was going. She would need a GPS. Oh, baby, I love you. She's married now. I can do all kinds of things. She's no longer a part of my house. I didn't tell you about that part, did I? No. But if our sun is 93 million miles away, and it's going to take me 21 years, how long do you think it takes light of the sun to get to the earth? Only 8 minutes and 22 seconds. 
takes you 22, 21 years in a jet. It takes light a lot quicker. Light is powerful. It penetrates our darkness. And it speaks to the size of your God. Because he's always compared to light. God moves quickly when you think he's not. So let's go back to that closest neighbor, that other star that's 4.3 light years away. Let's just blow some guts and get some revelation. Let's talk about it for a second. So if it takes 21 years to get to the sun in an airplane, how long do you think it takes to get to that place that's 4.3 light years away? 21 years for the sun to get us to get there. Can somebody just, just take a gander? 500 years. Anybody else want to take a stab at it? How long would it take you to fly by jet, Spencer, to this next nearest star that's 4.3 light years away? You have any guesses? God only knows. And Chad's going, oh, I know. He sees my PowerPoint. And he sees, he's back there Googling. Fifty-one billion years. Did you hear me? Fifty-one billion years. Can't even calculate what it would take for a car to get there. That's your next neighbor. That's the next neighbor star. So when you're looking at the constellations outside last night when we were doing 4th of July, did you see the moon in its brilliance? (laughs) Jack us up, God. Of course, we know it takes 4.3 years for that light that would take us 51 billion years by jet takes that light 4.3 years to get to us. That you're seeing with your naked eye. If you're seeing it with your naked eye, tell me how big it is. But we very even rarely go outside and begin to allow the sermon of God to speak to us because we take it for granted. Because it's in our backyard. My mother-in-law lives on a beautiful lake. And we go visit, we barely see the lake. Because you're so used to it. We've become treating God so common. Because it's part of our sin nature. I can treat Alex common, but he's not common. I can treat Jeff common, but he's not common. All of you are fearfully and wonderfully made by our master. So you ready to expand this even further to see how big your God is? Do you realize there's even more that we have today? And I'm probably going to go over past 12, so if you've got a roast, feel free to leave if you need to leave. So you want to really see how big God is? Are you ready? 
Are you ready to get rid of the giants in your life? Are you ready to get rid of the strongholds in your life? If you, if you want to get rid of that stuff, you must focus on the size of your God. Because He is amazing. Cannot focus on the size of your giant. The heavens declare His glory. The sky proclaims the work of His hands. It pours forth speech without words. Just like the moon did last night. Okay, so here we go. So those stars that you see at night with your naked eye? Well, my eye's closed. Yours is naked. Come on, get a little humor in there. You know those ones you take for granted that we talked about? You know those ones you probably saw on the 4th of July or maybe last night? Those stars that really light up the sky? Anybody paid attention to them lately? They've been absolutely beautiful. You know, our closest friend, I said, was 4.3 light years away, but how, how far do you think the ones you're seeing with your naked eye are? I'm going to really blow your brain away. Those are anywhere from 100 light years to 4,000 light years away. And you see them with your eyes. <laughs> and if light travels at 186,282 miles per second, it still takes that one that's 4,000 light years away. It takes it 4,000 years for you to see the light. So the light that it shines forth it takes it 4,000 years before you actually see it. You know what that means? That means that the light that was given 4,000 years ago was, the, was, was when Moses was parting the Red Sea. The light you're seeing... was the light that came when Moses was parting the Red Sea by the power of the Spirit of God. And you know what's scary about all that? <laughs> that's just our Milky Way. That's just our galaxy. That's just your swirl of the hand of God. And that there's other galaxies My friends, the next closest galaxy to us is called the Andromeda Galaxy, if I pronounce it right. And do you know how far that galaxy is from where you're sitting? 2.5 million light years away. Our stars are 4,000 to 100 light years away. And that galaxy is 2.5 million light years away from you. Ponder that for just a moment. And here's the scary thing, is scientists estimate that there are billions of galaxies. 
Does that do anything for you, Jeff? In 1994, the Guinness Book of World Records stated that they had found a new group of cocoon-shaped clusters of galaxies, and they calculated they were over 650 million light years away. The most remote object that has been viewed by the Hubble appears to be 13.2 billion light years away. Are you getting a glimpse of our God? Jeremiah 10, 12 says, He has made the earth by His power, and He has established the world by His wisdom. And here's the crazy thing, is it doesn't stop there. As you are sitting in this congregation in Newcastle, Indiana, on whatever day it is, the ninth, is it? There are over 100 trillion cells in your body. And the atoms, the nucleus of the atoms inside your body are moving at the speed of light. In your body right now, you have the speed of light going on right now. And not only are those cells then broken down into tinier, I would have to bring up Susan Julian to give me the, all the details of what that looks like, but we are an, an engineering masterpiece. They literally have found all the elements of dirt in the body. You were created out of dust by God. All the elements of the crust of the earth are in you. Scientists have found that. Your 100 trillion cells <laughs> consist of molecules, and molecules are, smaller are broke down into smaller structures called elements, and these elements are tiny structures called atoms, and atoms break down even further to protons and neutrons and electrons inside of this little body. Well, bigger body for me. <laughs> but even mine move at the speed of light. You think you're faster than me? Oh, I can catch you. <laughs> and let me just ask you, what is the force that holds that together? Scientists call it atomic energy. <laughs> that is a scientific term described because man has no clue. Because man can't explain it, they call it atomic energy. But God says in Hebrews 1, 3, He is holding all things together by the word of His power. And we think our giants won't fall. We complain and whine about the insignificant things of our life. <laughs> oh, I'll give you one yesterday. I worked half a day yesterday, and I ran home because there was things I needed to do, and had to get my chainsaw going, and A was detailing cars, and 
I went and got a new chain for my chainsaw, and I could not get that chain on my chainsaw. I was getting frustrated, and I hate working on things. And then something happened. I began to look at it from a different perspective. I was getting frustrated because I had this list of things that needed to be accomplished in three hours before we come out here to the church. And God said, it really is insignificant. Enjoy the journey. So I went to another place and got another chain. That chain didn't work. Went to Dennis Equipment. It was closed. Went to Ace Hardware. Got it. Put it back together. Cut the trees that I needed to cut. And I enjoyed the presence of God. We get so worked up about insignificant things. And I had to ask God to forgive me in the light of his glory, in the light of who he is. We whine, we complain, we, we think our life stinks or it's so rough. Hog wash. You are blessed. Your problems, your things are not too difficult for that God. So yesterday, I started laughing at the issue. I started laughing, saying, oh, nice try, Satan. No, my God is amazing. In light of who he is, nothing compares. And so, this same thing happened to Job, and I've been sobered by God through this whole thing. And I know I shared this on Facebook a couple weeks ago. But Job had these serious more serious trials that were going on in his life. I didn't see anybody walk in with boils all over their body today. Anybody glad about that? Nobody walked in today and 10 of their children were wiped out. Job had some trials he was facing. And Job was going through some giants that needed to be brought down in his life. Do you guys remember the story of Job? And these are some of the questions that God began to ask Job. Hey, 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 Job, hey, you big boy. Got some questions for you. You think God really needed to know the answer? No. Who needed to know the answer? No. <laughs> hey, big boy, Job, I love you, man. He said, uh, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Does that mean I'm in trouble? God says, hey, Job, hey, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, Job, if you know. Hey, Job, Job, hey, dude, hey, what supports the earth's foundations? Who laid its cornerstones as the morning stars sang together? Hey, Job, hey, you, big boy. When I put that cornerstone in place and the angels were shouting for joy, were you there? Hmm. 
And God keeps questioning Job. Hey, Job, hey, who kept the seed in its boundaries? Hey, Job, who said thus far to the waves and no more? Who said to the proud waves, this is where you can go and you have to stop? Hey, Job, have you ever commanded the morning to appear? Hey, Job, hey, did you tell the sun to wake up this morning, big boy? Because I did. But of course, Job, you know all of this, right? For you were before, born before it all was created, right? And you are so very experienced. I think I'm getting a spanking now. How many of us try to tell God what to do? I command this, I command that. You, you, it's just it. We got it all figured out. And then he asked Job, he said, hey, by the way, can you direct the movement of the stars? Hey, Job, can you direct the constellations in their season? See, that constellation's moving. Matter of fact, our Milky Way is moving towards our next neighbor at about 280,000 miles per hour. It's actually getting closer to us. Then in chapter 40 of Job, God asked Job a few more questions. Is this sobering for anybody besides me? God asked Job, he says, hey, by the way, big boy, uh, do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but you have the answers, right, Job? God says, will you discredit my justice? And will you condemn me just to prove that you are right? Job, are you as strong as God? Can you thunder like his voice? And in chapter 42, Job in humility responds to the Lord. And this is what Job says back to God. And I hope this is what your heart's saying. I know, God, that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You asked me, who is this that darkens my counsel with wisdom, with such arrogance? It is me, Job. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. Lord, I have only heard about you before but now I have seen you with my own eyes I take back everything I said and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance
who are we to question God? To put him in his place, to doubt him. When the next galaxy and the next star have been placed there by his fingers. I had no clue the songs that the worship team was going to do this morning. If I could have the worship team come back up, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. I was going to do a video with a song about how great our God is. But it was pale in comparison to the anointing that was on this team today. When they declared those last two songs. And if you wouldn't mind, I want you to stand with me for a moment. I want to ask you if you will allow the Holy Spirit to work on your heart right now. That song that you guys did earlier about God, you reign, it started out about the stars. It started out about creation. And then the next song you went into, I don't, if you can do both of them, great, I don't care. I just know the Spirit of God is getting ready to fall on us and there's going to be a spirit of repentance and brokenness that comes over our hearts. There is something God is wanting to do powerfully in your hearts. And if you don't want God to move in your heart, I would say exit stage left right now. And you just go ahead and have your little pity party or whatever. Uh, because I'm telling you, the size of God is getting ready to get enlarged and has been being enlarged in your heart right now as we've been speaking, as we've been talking, as we've been worshiping God. He has been enlarging himself, has he not? Wow. Here's what happened. Job gets a revelation of who God is. The size of God is enlarged in Job's heart. After he goes through the trial, after he goes through needing deliverance, after he goes through needing to be set free by God, and he complains, he whines, he tries to figure it all out, his friends try to figure it out, they speak such wisdom, they think. But when God begins to speak and he begins to show himself to Job, he does it through questions. And God becomes larger than the giants in Job's life. All of a sudden, Job is not concerned about the size of his giant. He is now amazed at the size of his God. He's no longer talking about the problems. Some of you talk about your problems way too much. But Job began to fix his eyes on the creator of the universe. And as he began to allow God to be made bigger in his heart and his mind, the giants in Job's life, boom. Boom. Once Job got the revelation of God, his giants fell. 
and God restored him. And today my heart has been humbled under the counsel and the wisdom of our amazing God. He has set the stars in place. He has set the limitations of the waves. He has formed the constellations in the sky that you see with your eyes that are millions and billions of miles away. He knows perfect wisdom. <laughs> he has perfect justice. And he has no limitations. And he has all understanding. He sets the earth's foundations and he collars the sky. Blessed is his holy name. My giants, my troubles, my, my sin, my strongholds, and my trials are nothing in the hands of the living God. They are nothing in the hands of the living God. They are nothing in the hands of my living God. Your trial, your sin is not bigger than the almighty God. And I'm telling you, as you focus on the size of your God, everything falls. Everything must bow. Everything changes in the light of His glory, in the light of His beauty. And I'm asking you, will you allow God to become bigger in your heart? Will you do business with God this morning? Will you make these declarations and allow the Spirit of God to put it inside your heart? And I say, watch your giants fall. Watch your giants fall. Watch your giants fall and bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let us sing. Let us declare how good our God is. It is time to make God bigger. Who will make God bigger? Who will make God bigger? Let us worship Him. If you need to come to the altar, come to the altar. But don't make it about your problem. Make it about making God bigger. Don't make it about your need. Make it about His almighty glory. Make it about who He is. And as you make Him bigger, giants come down. Let's give Him praise. Amen. Amen. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Amen.